podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast that finds the best betting value closer to the first shot being struck than anyone else. Always gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for more information. Welcome. It is major week. We have the US Open to look forward to over the next few days. And as always with the majors, we're coming with you now for the pre-tournament picks. And then we'll be back between each of the rounds as we go through the competition to see if Dave Tindall can find anything exciting in play. DT, how are you? Yes, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And I was buoyed. Dave, I was buoyed by the fact I, I looked back at the Canadian Open results and uh, as people that follow us on the At Late Tea Time pod will have seen the tweet of about 45 minutes ago, we did quite well last week. You were kind of limited because of the live stuff and there wasn't too much uh, information out there, but you put up four golfers and said, "Have a keep an eye on these. I think it was from the PGA Splits 101 Twitter feed you got this yeah. information. You went for Justin Thomas, he finished third. Shane Lowry finished tied 10th. Rory McIlroy was first and Corey Connors was six. And of course, I, in my infinite wisdom, suggested we played Corey Connors each way. And obviously, 22 to 1 each way would have landed too. So a little bit of success last week. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was based on how people uh, performed before a major. In hindsight, I could have sort of ramped it up a bit by saying uh, they had a big point to prove because of the live golf going on at the same time as well, because that's how it played out on the Sunday. Yeah, McElroy made that pointed comment about him now having more PGA Tour wins than Greg Norman. So that was definitely a factor last week. Uh, so, yeah, it was good to see sort of the two of the stars of the show for the PGA Tour uh, who, who want to keep it as it is, uh, fought it out. So that was good. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice to watch them do a press conference without that being mentioned? Now, I saw Justin Thomas saying that he'd lost uh, hours of sleep thinking about how the dreams he had when he was a youngster PGA Tour, all of the majors, kind of disappearing into kind of, you know a little bit of uncertainty with everything that's going on. It, it'd be just nice to just talk about the PGA Tour, the majors, and forget about the live thing, wouldn't it? Well, you can't really forget about it, though, because if you don't talk about it, then you sort of, that's if, what they if want. I put, if I put my fingers in my ears and go, mm-hmm. meh, 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 yeah. it might just go away, Dave. Well, Brooks Koepka kind of said, oh, why do you have to mention that when they started asking me about it? I mean, he's, his brother's one of the players. And it was about the 10th question in, so it's fair dues. I mean, that's what people are talking about, unfortunately. We have to mention it. And in terms of like betting as well, it's relevant, I think, because I think it affects motivation levels. Okay, well, we'll come into that a little bit more then as we go on, if that um, influences any of your tipsy. This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast. US Open, though, let's get into it, shall we? Defending champion John Rahm, the country club at Brookline in Massachusetts is the venue. Going through the top end of the uh, the markets with the uh, the various bookies, if my screen will flash across for me. Um, Rory McIlroy, who won, obviously, last week. He's the favourite, best price of about 11 to 1. You've got Justin Thomas just behind him, um, 12s-ish. Scotty Scheffler is around about 14s. John Rahm is uh, best price of 16s. Patrick Cantlay, you can get at as uh, big as 25s in the market. Xander Scheffler, um, he's uh, 22, 25. Cameron Smith around about the same. Sam Burns is best price of 30. Jordan Speed 30 and the rest are bigger. DT, I asked you ahead of going uh, pressing record, what have you got for me this week so I can steer you in the right direction? And I might as well just start with a question. Who's going to win the flipping thing? Who's going to win, yeah. Um, 
some with majors, you obviously get more people being interviewed and you get more of a feel for the course. So part of doing this podcast is what have we learned that maybe we didn't know at the start of the week because I wrote a few previews at the start of the week. But as it as it happens, I, I'm, I think I was on completely the right lines as it is. It's been backed up by what people have said. So it is, it is deep, rough. It is small, very small, fast greens. Everything I've read has, has sort of played out that what I thought would happen. So in that, that respect... That sounds like a course I don't want to play. Yeah, it sounds very tough. So in that respect, it, it, it's like, oh, there's no great overhaul of what I was thinking originally. So then you start to, maybe the next step is to look at how the market's developed and, you know, has there been a big plunge on Rory maybe? I mean, he's the favourite. You can get 11 to 1 best price. Um, have other players drifted who haven't been talked about as much. I think there's one player who has drifted to a price that I can't really ignore. So he's someone who wasn't really in my thoughts. I don't really know why, but he wasn't jumping out quite as much as, as some of the players. But now that he's hit this price of 30 to 1, I can't let Jordan Spieth go. Oh, mm. there's, there's a song there, isn't there? I just can't let you go. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Spieth, 30 to 1, won majors before. Why not? Yeah, won this tournament before. Um, I think some of the stats that I was looking at was he was popping up highly on those. One th- thing you, we seem to have had in, in recent majors, maybe there's no rough around the greens. So there wasn't at Southern Hills, there wasn't at Augusta. And people that suits some and doesn't suit others i think anything suits speed to be honest but i did notice there is a pga tour stat scrambling from the rough and that's where you'll have to scramble from if you miss the greens now john speed is first number one in scrambling from the rough so that's kind of an added bonus on top of all these other other good things i've, I've read a few things that yeah i kind of yeah i knew that but i hadn't quite sort of taken it in from uh, people that have, have pointed out that He's got a really, really good record at Hilton Head and at Pebble Beach, and they've got these similar small greens. So Spieth does really flourish when the targets are small to his eye. Some players just don't like that. Uh, so that plays in his favour. But it's the price, really. I mean, you look at some of the players that are shorter than him, they're just it's a sea of people who've never won a major or have never done anything as half as good as he has. And it's not so he's living on past glories either. He's been in some great form this year, driving the ball better than he has. He said he's been work- I mean, bizarrely, the, the worst thing for him this season has been his putting. But he said he's been working on that really hard. He did it at Memorial. So it's one of those where I just thought, yeah, 30 to 1 John Speed. It's hard to imagine he would have been this price yeah, only a couple of months ago. And yet he's drifted out to third. This is at William Hill, nine places. So it's a, there's a good each way, you know, some good each way juice in that price, definitely. So he's one that I can't can't let go. If he has a good start as well, he's not going to stay 30 for long, very yeah. long either, is he? So you've got to snap him up now if you want him pre-tournament, I guess. You told me you got two potential winners for me as well. Who was the other one? Yeah, the, the other player I thought this would suit, and I, I did put him up at the start of the week, was Shane Lowry. Okay. Um, I just thought everything was in his favour. You know, I think people forget, at, at Oakmont, which is another course in the northeast of the United States, he was four shots clear going into the final round. That's That's been a bit forgotten down the years because he's won the Open Championship. Uh, that's been slightly, you know, that, who, you don't really need to know that anymore, but it's relevant this week, obviously. He's been playing brilliant golf this year without getting the win. I thought he ticked all the boxes I wanted to tick. And then I heard from the course today from a, a journalist friend um, who said he'd followed Lowry for quite a, a chunk of his practice round and he was hitting it great. So put those little two little things, that confirmation of what, 
I was originally thinking. And and again, he's maybe drifted a little bit. I think you can get 28 to 1. Yeah. Um, you get 28 to 1, nine places yeah. with hills, yeah. 33 is five places, but probably best going 28 uh, with nine places. So Shane Larry, I think, you know, it, we're in Boston, so there's going to be a load of Irish there, so he's he's going to get good support. So it's just a... Just two of those are a little bit further back than the absolute top uh, contenders, but I think they've got every chance. Fresh from my Curry Connors pick last week, seeing as this is a major, I'm going to throw in my mate Colin. Yeah, he's he's drifted as well, hasn't he? A little bit. I mean, you, you talk you, the way you described that. You know, he's quite accurate, isn't he? In the way he approaches the greens, small greens as well. Yes, His yeah. greens are very, very handy, aren't they? So it's not just because he's a very, very good friend, dear friend of mine. But um, twenty-five to one, nine places um, with hills for for Colin Morikawa. Why not? Yeah, I think so. Um, he's another one that you look at the bet and what he's achieved in the game, and he's sort of similar price to others who've never done anything like that. So. Yeah, he's, he's another one who, if he if he won at that price, you think, oh, I've missed one there. So on a course that should suit, yeah. So if you want to stay my mate, Colin, yeah, get the what, job what, done. What would you do if Colin moved to the Live Tour? I wouldn't be my mate anymore. Okay, no. good answer. I don't know anything, but my my fear with I mean, he's a really good guy, but my fear with him is that he doesn't have any um, he doesn't have any sort of regard of history he's, he's not interested so a lot of the guys that you've seen talking this week have been like ram spoke really well about the history of the game and that's how he wants to measure himself morikar sort of isn't bothered by it which did make me think oh does, does that make him more vulnerable i don't know but just back to that one spieth another reason for spieth he's really outspoken on he wants it to stay as it is and there was even a story this week where on the practice ground I think Kevin Nah, who has jumped to live, yeah. sort of like nodded, like, all right, Jordan. And Jordan Spieth just blanked him. <laughs> so I don't well, know like that now, is it? If there was anything in that or not. But um, yeah, he, he's one who's definitely in the kind of pro PGA Tour camp. Who, you know, you read all his interviews, he's always going on about the history of everything. Has my mate ever said anything about the live? Has he been? Well, he, he always answers questions eloquently. And he, but it's just my feeling that. One of the reasons why people want to stay, it seems, is because of the history and tradition. And he, he's not bothered by that element, so I don't know. But yeah, Spieth definitely is, and I thought he's a big a, a big price for what he's achieved in the game, his current form, and, and just that extra little kind of live. Because um, it played out with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas last week. So maybe they've, they've had their we'll-show-you moment, but Spieth didn't play, so maybe this is his time. Same with John Rahm. You could argue John Rahm because of what he said this week. He'll just have that, that extra little bit of determination to to say, look, guys, this is what you're throwing away. Do you know what, Dave? I'd actually forgotten that the live guys would be at this because obviously yeah. being suspended by the PGA, but not from the not from the majors, have they? They'll potentially be paired together, DJ and somebody well, else. And well, it's hard to know what part of you thinks will there be an element of they'll have the tail between their legs a little bit. But then again, but, if they're happy to take money, maybe they won't. There's also the potential for them to tell somebody, oh, it was fantastic last week. You should be part of this. Yeah, there, there yeah. is. Yeah. Because I think I saw some of the practice parents and I think like there were two lives and Ram maybe. And I thought, oh, no, they'll get in, in his ear. But They're going to turn him. Yeah, it's the elephant in the room. So I don't know whether they just 
you know, let it stay there or not. But I, I do think all those are really pro PGA Tour and not getting involved in live. I just wonder if it's such the fresh hot topic, whether they'll just have what Rory had last week. And Spieth is definitely one of one of those who might just have that extra bit of oomph. Jordan Spieth then 30 to 1, nine places with William Hill. Shane Lowry, 28 to 1, nine places with the Hills. And my pick, Colin Murakawa, my mate until he turns. Um, 25 to 1, uh, nine places with Hills. Sorry, what did you say, Dave? Yeah, you, I might be just reading something that's not there, but who knows. This is Late Tea Time. The last word in golf betting with James Butler and Dave Tindall. Let's have a look at the first round leader markets. Um, Rory McIlroy heads the list 22. He's got Justin Thomas around about 28. John Rahm, the same price, 33 to 1 for Scotty Scheffler. Patrick Cantlay is 35 to 1. Um, if you want to pick Jordan Spieth to uh, lead from the front and go all the way, 35 to 1. And Will Zalatoris is in there at 35 as well. My mate Colin, he's 40 to 1. The rest are bigger. You got me a couple of picks of this as well. The We're recording this on on a Wednesday evening UK time. Uh, so the latest weather forecast seems to show uh, a bit of a bias uh, towards in favour of the morning starters. It's less windy in the morning. Uh, that was the case yesterday. I've just checked again and the wind definitely does pick up in the afternoon. So in terms of first round leader betting, you want to be picking guys who are, are going out early. Um, so there's two I like uh, here. So it, I mean, on the basis you said the greens are quite small and tight and everything, That the wind's has a potential big play, doesn't it? Yeah, and as the as the day goes on, they'll I mean they're firm as it is, they'll they'll firm up even more. I, um when I my uh my friend colleague at the course, what did he just tweet me? He said some he said uh, one of the caddies has just slipped over on the drying out grass. So it is so dry over there. So as the day goes on tomorrow in round one, yeah the moisture will kind of vanish from the greens and then it gets windier still. So they'll start to bake out a little bit. So you want for first round leader betting, the smart play is to go early. Spieth, by the way, is out at 7.29 Thursday morning, so that might get him off to a flyer, which is good. So the, the two I've gone for are, are guys with a local angle. They've got like family in the region who, who are kind of um, absolutely in awe of the country club. Uh, so I, I always like this angle. I always like people that live yeah. just down the road or people that have been to university there or something like that. Yeah, so Scott Stallings, he's one of them. He's, I think his sister lives like over the road and he was born there. He's got half his family live there. Uh, so he it really acted, acted as an incentive for him to qualify. He had to qualify because he, he knew it was here. It's almost like he put somehow he was totally inspired to make sure he had his place in the field. So he's he's made the field. He's, he's out at 7.29 Actually, off the tenth tee, Spieth's off the first. Uh, so he's, I think, 125 to one. So Skybet are going seven places, which is good. The more places you can get, the better. So he's 125 to one. And he's got some good recent form as well. So he he was the one. The other one that I liked, who's very very connected to this part of the area, is Keegan Bradley. Now he goes out at 8:02 um, on Thursday morning. They they pulled him in for interview. There hasn't been that many interviews, official kind of proper press conference interviews, but he was one of those that came in this morning. Uh, so he was talking about all the local angles, said he loves being back here, listen to the Boston accent, which I was going to try and do, but um, Go on. I don't know. They kind of have like these flat A sounds, but didn't JFK sort of speak in a Boston accent? Um, it could be in Berlin. At the end of the sentence, and sort of flat A's. 
Ich bin ein Berliner. Wasn't particularly Boston, though, was it? No. So I, I won't do an accent. But um, although I do, I like to do accents. But I won't try the Boston one. <laughs> so the yeah, Keegan Bradley. He said he's just. I think it put it in my mind because he said he loves being back in the air. He loves hearing that Boston accent. I think he threw a pitch out, I think, at a baseball game as well. So he's totally absorbing it. But he is a good first-round player. We've seen him, if you go down his record, he's often got out to, to fast starts, which is sort of nice and all that. But they also asked him about his game and he said, this is the best I've played in, I can remember. So he's going in there with lots of confidence. Mm. He's a really good driver and iron player. You know, he's won a major before uh, in Atlanta. So I think you can get 70 to 1. Can you see yeah. that? I've just checked them both while you were talking. Scott Stallings, 150 to 1, seven places with Skybet. Oh, wow. And Keegan Bradley, uh, 70, 70 to 1, one um, seven places with Skybet as well. Both of those with Skybet. Yeah, so both have got local angles, both out early, and I think both are big, big prices. There was one final bet that you've got pre-tournament. As I mentioned earlier, we'll be back between rounds as well and um, with Dave's expert eye on what's been going on and some potential in-play betting. But you've got one match bet for me as well before we say goodbye for today. Yeah, it's not, it's not too exciting, but it, I just think John Rahm will beat Scotty Scheffler. Rahm, I'm not saying Scheffler's not... Scheffler's just sort of a bit of an easygoing guy who's happy with his lot, really. But Rahm seemed quite kind of you know, sort of militant about the PGA Tour wanting to be part of history and, and measuring himself in a way that he can. You know, he says he's not been having his head turned by daft formats and everything. He wants to play four rounds and compare himself to Tiger Woods. Uh, so he, you know, he, he he's pretty strong about that. And this is his first chance to kind of show it, I think. I've just got a feeling as well that Scotty Scheffler might have had his purple like real, real purple patch. I mean, he's he's fantastic, and there'll be lots of more good tournaments to come. But maybe he's just coming down from that like super high. Uh, the other thing, if you look at the total driving stats, I think this week always in the U.S. Open probably, but you need to hit it long and straight. So total driving measures those two things. Rams number one in that. I think that's okay. a really good good stat to sort of look at, and he, he's the best there is. He won in Mexico a few weeks ago. He's the US Open champion. He was third at Pebble Beach, which I've said before. He's got those small greens as well. So I just think I can see five to six. You might get even money, but I just think if you want a match bet, I would. Def- that's the one I like. Uh, I think I just think Ram's got some f- extra fire in his belly, and maybe Scheffler's just coming down a little bit. Have you ever been to Boston? I haven't. Well, Boston, Lincolnshire, but not Boston, America. <laughs> I thought you would have. Is it not twinned? <laughs> Sli- should... I think they're slightly different. Yeah, marvellous. So there we are. That is the tournament preview. And j- just to uh, round off, if you were only just joining us, Jordan Spieth, 30 to 1. These are to win the US Open. Jordan Spieth, 30 to 1. Shane Lowry, 28 to 1. Colin Murakawa, which is my pick, not Dave's, by the way, 25 to 1. They're all with William Hill, nine places for the each way markets. For the first round leader, Dave's got two picks. Scott Stallings is 150 to 1, seven places. Keegan Bradley, 70 to 1, seven places. Both of those are with Skybet. And then you've got five to six on John Rahm to beat Scotty Scheffler. Was that just for the first round or was that for 72 holes? 72 holes, yeah. That's the 72 holes then. DT, thank you for your expertise as always. I will see you again tomorrow. And uh, hopefully, listeners and viewers, we will talk to you and see you again tomorrow as well. We have been the Late Tea Time podcast and we'll see you again tomorrow. Always gamble responsibly. Visit BeGambleAware.org for more information.
Social Podcast Network.